Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly, so I'm excited to talk to you guys. It is episode number 227 right here on BGNRadio.com and uh, BleedingGreenNation.com as well. And wherever you are listening to us out there on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, now on the TuneIn app as well, along with Google Play. Uh, please rate, subscribe, and review. It is uh, one of the best ways that uh, to get this podcast out there. The five-star reviews do go a very long way. And if you want to go a little further, a little further, as we have been you know, starting this new thing, we totally ripped off Derek Bodner. I'm, I mean, that is that is exactly what we did because uh, we, we think you guys deserve a little more, you know, I and I get that. Uh, so we have a bunch of bonuses and tiers and, uh, and, and good causes going on right now over at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash BGN Radio. We actually just had a couple of $25 subscribers go in and check us out. What that gets you is you're going to come on the podcast at some point when it's hopping. You know, not like, oh, the boring old free agency talker, that July guck that's going along there. No, we want you in for, like, live game reactions and things like that. So if you want to be a part of the podcast later on this season, uh, that's how you can do it. And it just goes on down from there. We have tiers from 1 to 25, all fun stuff, behind-the-scenes videos, photos. And uh, I'm most excited about – the Eagle After Dark podcast, which we are bringing back sometime this month, which is a very relaxed version of the BGN Radio podcast. And really, we just kind of dive into everything. It's just lightly based and loosely based around the Eagles, and we get into some weird stuff. So that's always going to be a lot of fun. Uh, like we said, if you are watching this too, and uh, more importantly, uh, on, on Facebook Live, we're, we're, we're going into a, a bunch of different dimensions here, gentlemen. So uh, for those of you listening to the podcast Right now on Thursday on the Bleeding Green Nation Facebook page and probably on the BGN Radio podcast page, wherever you can find us out there, we will have a live Facebook live uh, free agency show with uh, James Elter, Jack Fritz, and myself. And we'll just kind of be going through all the gook and glamour and all the fun things that this tampering period hopefully is is going to bring here as the rumors are already kind of spinning out of control already. But let's introduce the crew as uh, now I've spent, what, 10 minutes <laughs> ten minutes promoting and, and yelling at you uh, of a lot of fun things. The man in charge himself, Mr. Brandon Lee Gowden. What's happening, buddy? How are you? Don, I fell asleep during that intro. I know. I apologize. It's it's uh, it's insane. We're going to get to you in a second, though, because you really did anger a lot of people. James Zeltzer, what's happening tonight, buddy? Uh, yeah, John. I mean, I was uh, miraculously able to stay awake through the intro. Jesus. But, I um, mean, what can I you know? Uh, 
And no, it was exciting. The intro got me excited, man. It, 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 a little after dark action. Yes, uh, we get we get weird after dark. We do. So uh, it'll be good. And then and then uh, no, I love all the people. I apologize to everyone who uh, who always sends us the please don't curse stuff. We're still gonna curse. It's what we fucking do here. But uh, the Eagle after dark yes. uh, is when we can really let it fly, that, right, Johnny? That's right. That's right. We kind of just really let it loose. We will keep it cool for plus. The- uh, real quick, real quick uh, for the Patreon program, we will have videos of my dogs available yes. as well. I know everyone's yeah, that'll be a lot of fun to, to meet the actual dogs that have been on the podcast more than most people. So uh, uh, <laughs> we'll make that happen. Yes, uh, and uh, and even right now, see, it's breaking down. <laughs> <laughs> on the Facebook Live. <laughs> Facebook Live is saying it's trying to reconnect. Oh, okay. So maybe it did. Maybe that's just part of the thing, too. So we're going we're gonna to have all those different little goodies that James was talking about. Uh, and we've thought of a lot of crazy ideas, too. Like during the season, we're going to do car in the po- or a podcast in the car. Like yeah, on a drive up. Car cast. Car cast. Yeah, it it might fun. be the idea we're most excited about. Yes. We, we tried to do it many times and, and did not actually come around to doing it. <laughs> uh, Brian Coulter, a good friend who's part of that road crew, by the way, just chimed in on Facebook Live and says, you, you guys are weird during the day, too. Yes, you are. You are correct. We completely agree with that. So we're going to try a bunch of these different things just to kind of work it out. I think it'll be fun to have this this going live at the same time. And, uh, you know, we're getting questions in. I see Justin Lopez in there as well. We thank him so much for listening. But uh, BLG, what happened today? Why does why do uh, Washington Redskins fans hate you all of a sudden? Not that that's Uh, different than any other day, but. Yeah, I was going to say really just really just uh, another day in the life of me. But um, uh, it's, it's just. There's such a mess going on in Washington right now. I don't know how more people aren't talking about this. Look at this franchise. First of all, it's Washington, so they're always a mess. I mean, it's not even news. I guess that's maybe why it's not a bigger issue is because everyone's <laughs> kind of just accepted yes. they're a big mess by now. And it's but you just look at it and and the GM isn't like there and he's having troubles with alcohol, which I'm not trying to make light of in any fact, but it's or at least there's been speculation that's the case. We don't even know officially if that's the case, but uh, uh, Mike Jones of the Washington Post kind of hinted that at that today in a radio appearance, and it sounds like he's not even going to be back. That's McClellan now. It sounds like you yeah. know he's he's had some decent drafts or whatever for agencies. It's not like he's been terrible. The Washington has had some of their more successful years in recent years recently under him. It seemed like there was some promise there, at least. And now it seems like he's going to be fired yeah. after the draft. And then even beyond that, you have the whole Kirk Coupon. Or, sorry, not No, Kirk, you get uh, Kirk, Kirk, Kirk Coupons. Coupons. It works. <laughs> uh, I like coupons. Yes. Coupons. Let's coupons. 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 Yeah, okay. But he's not going to be cheap because they have to pay him. And, and it seems like they don't want to. And, and even if they do, it seems like he doesn't want to be there. And there's a report that Washington is okay with. Colt McCoy. Colt ah, McCoy, yes. Colt. 7-18 and 18 as a starter, and he exactly has one win with Washington, and apparently they're okay with them. There's just such a mess going on down there. Even Pierre Garçon is tweeting the laughing, crying uh, emojis <laughs> at the team. <laughs> because, because... Through all of this, and not only that, so you have that to deal with already, which I completely agree with BLG, and that's one of the things I think, obviously, that happened in Seattle when he was there, right? I mean, it wasn't that he wasn't bad at picking talent. It was the fact that, like, hey, he might have some extracurricular things that are going on with him, so he gets shipped out, he gets moved here. So there's all that, but James, in the middle of all of this, you have Bruce Allen, which which turns out to be fake news. Surprisingly, we haven't heard that enough already, but making fake news... <laughs> About a three-way deal with uh, you know with Romo and Cousins and San Francisco and how that's all going to shape out to literally just distract from that situation and then you have the goal to go and extend well I I, I shouldn't say goal we should all be celebrating this really they extend Jay Gruden through all of this mess so you have a, a little a little bit of rumors so Sports Talk Radio can get off that thing for a little bit even though the station that you owned you had Chris Cooley go out and say something like that uh, or at least that's my theory anyway. I cannot believe I'm with Brandon James. I can't believe this is not being reported as like, oh my God, your general manager got sent home from the combine and now Bruce Allen is going to take over this franchise again. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Uh, it's it's. I mean, first and foremost, 
Uh, with the amount of dysfunction we've seen here, it's nice to see other teams be dysfunctional, especially a team that obviously has done it over and over and over again and, and one that we hate. Uh, but, yeah, it's crazy, man, especially that you didn't even mention the, uh, the John, uh, let's say it this way, the infamous blowjobs. Yeah, now that we can actually that say on. that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'd, rather, I'd rather I had said fuck, but, um, you know, <laughs> that is what it is. That's an inside uh, joke. Know, that, Sorry, that's an inside that joke. That is totally an inside joke. Um, the, the, you know, but that happened, too, with Diana Taurasi or whatever, the whole thing. Um, that, uh, that happened there. It's also weird. Cause I, I pulled open the Facebook page. So I'm looking at John while I'm talking yes. to him, like, but there's a delay. So like I delay. looked up and he was talking and it threw me off for a second cause he's not talking. Um, so that's pretty funny too. Uh, but yeah, the whole thing is just a complete and total disaster. And, um, it, it's a, it's a joy to see, like, honestly, I'm, I'm getting such a kick out of it. Um, but, but the point that Brandon made, uh, like, everyone was like, oh, now this guy's here, McLuhan, like, he's good. And the first, you know, when he first started, it seemed like he was making some intelligent decisions. And now it's just, it's blown up so quickly. And obviously we don't make light of the issues he's having, but um, it's certainly not good for that franchise and, and thus good for the Eagles. Yeah, and it's good for everybody, man. I, You know, because through all this now, I mean, not that it was going to be a surprise before, but I'm expecting – like huge money making headlines for Kirk Cousins, right? I mean, like, I see, I, I try, I do that all the time. I want to say coupons, uh, but I, I always, <laughs> I always try and be proper, and then it just, you know, melds into together. I honestly think that's the best, the best thing that's happened this off season. It was much like, kind of like the Sixers at the trade deadline. It was, it was the Eagles doing nothing that was actually the the better news out of this so far. Uh, but let's get into that, fellas, because there is some there is some questions uh, on the Facebook live here too. We'll start with that, and then I want to get uh, in, in floating or floating around here. Justin uh, Lopez, what's up, buddy? Thanks for uh, chiming in here. Uh, obviously, this has been the biggest question I think of the entire offseason here, BLG, and I don't I don't think we still quite have an answer, or it really just comes down to both of them. But the DB or wide receiver, which is more important here in free agency, bud? In free agency, the answer to me is absolutely wide receiver. You know, I think I've said this a billion times by now. I'm a broken track record. The Eagles it's need... actually been a billion and three. Yeah. It's been a billion be... and three. Yeah, sorry, James, you are correct. Yeah, more than to, more, uh, more than cut Jaleel Okafor. I think that's that's a bit that's a bit <laughs> right. So. <laughs> But seriously, they need guys who can step in now and help Carson Wentz. We saw that last year. How many times have I said, if the Eagles just had Anquan Bolden last year, I'm not saying they win the Super Bowl, but like that just makes such a significant difference to me, just to have that one guy who can be reliable for Carson Wentz. So I think as much as they need cornerbacks, because they just don't even have a starting cornerback if the season were to begin today, and they need two, uh, I just think the draft is loaded there, and I think wide receiver is the position they absolutely have to not only get one player, but probably multiple players. Yeah, I think you're right, and uh, that's kind of what – I think that's why we're all going crazy over this Brandon Cooks rumor and and a lot of that. But one th- – and, and again, it was it was linked basically from forever ago, especially when the Grohl uh, hire, uh, you know, kind of came through here, James, but – um, you know, Tim McManus saying that Kenny Britt, they're gonna they're gonna be out there, uh, kind of pursuing him, be interested in him. I, is that the first one off the board you're thinking now? Like Thursday at four o'clock, there's there's the Kenny Britt signing because I have that feeling a lot. I know that they're interested. in Terrell Pryor was another rumor that that came out. Every single team is gonna be interested in Terrell Pryor, in my opinion. But uh, do you think Kenny Britt's the first one off the board here, James? Yeah, I think. Look, I don't know. He's my guess. If I yeah. had to, if I had to bet everything I have on the Eagles signing one receiver in this free agent class, Kenny Britt's the guy that I would put yeah. my money on at this point. Um, you know, there's just as we've you know seen leading up, there's been a lot of smoke around a lot of guys, but Britt keeps coming up. And you said the two key words, and it's silly to say it, but Tim McManus, man, like you yeah, know those yeah. those words hold a lot of weight to me. Pretty nice. We've going talked on about there. on this show before. We've talked about it many times that that Tim doesn't just put stuff out there. You know, when he says stuff like this, there's usually a, a real base for it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think that's easily the most likely uh, guy that the Eagles come out right away with. But uh, it also wouldn't shock me. It does, you know, we've heard enough of a, of a link, you know, to enough different names here that I really do think that they're going to kind of have their hands in all of it and see what shakes out the best for them. But yeah, if I had to guess, if I had to bet on it, I I, I certainly think Britt is in pole position right now. And he, Brandon, here's what I can't figure out because I know, like, I still have my reservations about that. 
And I know he's coming off a great year. He's sure he's been injury prone. He's been to something. He's a veteran that can hopefully, <laughs> I don't know, hopefully uh, teach some of the rookies that may, may or may not be coming in here something. Do you, I still feel a little uneasy about Kenny Britt. So what, 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 uh, what, what number-wise would you feel comfortable with Kenny Britt right now? Well, if if the reports are any indication, I think uh, NFL insider Charles Robinson from Yahoo said Kenny Britt's going to get about six to eight million, and that's the same price that uh, he also listed for Terrence Williams of the Cowboys. And to me, I'm looking at that and I'm like, that's a no-brainer. Sign yeah. me up. I'm I'm taking Kenny Britt at six to eight, way way before I'm I'm doing Kenny Stills, for example, like a ten to twelve or the numbers that have been thrown around for that. Like I know Kenny Stills is younger and everything, but to me. I just like the fit of Kenny Britt. I think he's that physical guy, uh, jump ball target that Carson needs, a guy who can also, if you get a Brandon Cooks or a John Ross, if you draft that guy or someone who can stretch the field, and you can have Kenny Britt operating underneath, that's awesome because that's a guy who, according to Pro Football Focus, had like the one of the best uh, ratings uh, with the crossing route last year. So I think you know there's there's a lot of good things that can be happening there. I think one of the concerns with Kenny Britt, other than you know him being a late bloomer and having this kind of career year uh, late in his career, is that uh, you know there's he had some concerns, you know, off-field concerns earlier in his career, and the the possibility of bringing him back to the East Coast and bringing him closer to home. You know, obviously he went to Rutgers mm-hmm. and everything. I guess there might be some concern level with that, but the good news is you have uh, his former wide receiver coach and Mike Rowe, and I guess if that guy kind of trusts. Kenny Britt, and he has a good read on him, I think you can kind of trust his judgment there. Yeah, absolutely. And for those watching on Facebook Live, uh, Jack Fritz, who's going to join us in a little bit to talk up, I just walked through the room. So uh, he's going to be in the background uh, lurking. And I'm, I'm with they you. Let it, they let him in the building? I know. Wow, I know. He went to the Sixers game by huge himself tonight and, uh, and saw that that awful performance that's going down there. But, uh, yeah, and I'm with you. I'm, I, so I, I think if it's around, especially if it's around Terrence Williams' money, I mean, that's that's kind of that's, that's so weird. And I, I, I honestly think that uh, the Eagles might be interested in him later on in this process, too, depending on where he kind of falls. So we'll have to uh, see where that goes. But uh, also, BLG, I think we can finally close the book on Deshaun Jackson coming back to Philadelphia. Yay! Thank God that that's over, right? Because uh, they're not going to pay him $11 million, which is reportedly what's going to happen here. And I'm just more happy about that than anything. I hope he goes down to Tampa and has a fantastic career and him, Jameson, and, uh, you know, and Mike Evans all kind of light up because I think that would be fun. But... Um, you know, I think this is the thing that we've said uh, over a million times since January is that you don't need to bring him back and he was going to be too expensive. And I, I mean, I, do you, do you still buy the, the 10, 11 million dollar range for him though? I, I, I do buy that because again, this is, and I've said this before is that this is his last chance. Really? This is probably his last chance at a big payday. Uh, I think he's going to go for broke here. I think uh, there's going to be a market for him. I think the Eagles, you know, they don't necessarily want 30-year-old Deshaun Jackson. They want Brandon Cooks, who's only 23 and still really good and young. And I think you know that's their plan for getting a speed guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not a speed guy, James, but Jeff McClain hinting today that uh, Jarvis Landry might be uh, might be in the in the trade rumors because some. And this is this is how I kind of think of uh, of the Saints and also Miami. I don't know how solid that is. I don't know if they're just interested i don't know what miami's thinking but you're noticing with these two franchises with miami and new orleans that there's no fucking way that i'm trading <laughs> landry and keeping stills like that we should, that should never happen in the same way that I, i'm not going to get rid of cooks because you know i have michael thomas and cooks and i whatever there's there's drama going behind the scenes i want to get back into that too but uh we, i mean what would you, what would be your price for a landry to bring in here is it the same as cooks is it a little less what would you be comfortable with well, you threw me off at first when you said not a speed guy and then said Jeff McLean. I was like, no, Jeff, not the fastest. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Out he, there. I saw him run a 5'8", 5840, which is better than <laughs> better than Rich. So we'll have to see. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. He's no John Ross, but the man can That's move. right. That's right. Um so um yeah, I, I look, I think it's um I think it's similar. I'd give up more for Cooks than Landry. I, I like Landry too, but I don't think he offers the same type of uh, you know, high-end ceiling that Cooks offers you. But, look, a guy like Landry is certainly someone I'd like to add to this receiving core considering the, I don't know, lack of NFL receivers that we've had here. You know, if, if BLG is talking about a guy like Anquan Bolton coming in and making a difference, I'm pretty sure <laughs> Landry is going to come yeah, and make yeah, a difference. Absolutely. Too. 
Um, real quick before I throw it back to you, though, tell Fritz that I'm giving him the finger through my computer right wow. now. He can't How see. How about it. that? Uh, James That's is uh, is giving you. Oh yeah, he sees it when I turn off the mic. You can hear everything, right? Yeah. So yeah, there you go. I can there see you him. Go. Oh good, he heard it. Oh good. Good. <laughs> oh good. He's uh yeah he's sitting back here eating a Twinkie you know keeping us distracted. I can see that. Yeah. See we can see you, John. That's the weird no, thing. No, I know. This is can this is fun. You. And we're we're all. What know, am I doing just... right now? Oh no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Well, you'll see in about five seconds. <laughs> well, the, like, uh, there's like a ten second delay, which keeps throwing yeah, my for, life off. For, for those good. of you that are listening at home, I just I just gave him the finger. But uh, the, uh, the... <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> okay, no, good. I just saw it. I just saw it. And and that's and you know James uh, or excuse me BLG. That's that's how I kind of feel about this situation too. I I still am very much in the. I'd rather them try and still get Cooks over Landry just because of the speed, just because of all the different things that you can do. And I posted a couple of videos there today, and I know that uh, I can't remember who did it, but BLG, somebody somebody did a fan post on basically did a wonderful breakdown of at least all the positives of why you would bring uh, Brandon Cooks in here. But your thoughts on Landry and, and how you kind of weigh that with what's going on in New Orleans as well. Yeah, a shout out to Eagles Realist at there he Eagles is. Realist on Nick, Twitter. Right? I think who Nick. Was the, uh, he was the guy who put that great fan post together on Bleeding Green Nation about how Brandon Cooks, he thinks Brandon Cooks is worth a first round pick because he went through and broke down his game about how he's a really reliable receiver. He has a high catch rate. Uh, he, he's good at high pointing the ball, especially for a smaller guy. He's obviously fast. He's just a really good weapon to have. And yeah, I think the, I guess that's the big debate, right? Is Brandon Cooks worth a first round pick? And, and to me, in a vacuum, yes. I mean, he was a first-round pick. You know, he was obviously the 20th pick in 2014, and I think he's a first-round talent. I just don't think it should take a first-round pick for the Eagles to get him. I don't think the Saints have enough leverage in this situation. And, you know, I think people keep coming back to the fact that, you know, he's this talented player, and, you know, this it's kind of the same issue thinking back to the Deshaun Jackson situation, you know, in Philadelphia. Now, I'm not saying that the Saints are going to cut him. It's not going to be like that. But just, you know, the idea that, like, everyone was overvaluing Deshaun when those trade rumors happened because they didn't realize the Eagles didn't have any leverage because yeah. everyone knew the Eagles didn't want to keep Deshaun. And then, ultimately, they had to cut him. I, again, I don't think that's going to be the situation with Brandon Cooks here. I'm just saying I don't think the Saints have all this leverage where they're going to be able to get what they want in a trade. I, I think they hold, though. I don't. I think if they don't get it, kind of, you know, somewhat what they were looking for, I think they're going to hold. And I don't think so, wait John. Till look, look at that Twitter. Look at that Twitter stuff on today, man. Like his team, his teammates are like taking veiled shots at him on Twitter and everything. Well, it's the not even veiled, just yeah. shots. Well, Michael Michael yeah. Thomas said clarified his his thing. He tweeted out something that was just like I don't know, stop your oh, bitching yeah, or whatever. Oh yeah, just a lyric from some yeah. song from Donahue. All right, bro. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but here's the thing with that. He was like favoriting tweets during that thing that said like Brandon Cook sucked. You're much, you're so much better than him. Oh wow! So all right, well yeah. What a dumbass! What an idiot! <laughs> so okay, so that was so I didn't realize that. So uh, yeah, all right. No, I, I'm with BLG. Then then maybe it just yeah. I think what's going to happen is is the deadline's just going to get there, right? Like you're going to start hearing tampering things. I don't think you hear anything with that Saints, Eagles interest or Titans interest. I think at four o'clock though, that's like one of the first things that happens on Thursday. Brandon Cooks goes somewhere. On Thursday, I don't think you're going to wait on any time because just like most deadlines, you know, the, the where it gets there to that point, it creates a lot of action. And I'm still, man, I mean, sure, I know that, and I've been saying it all week, I'm, I'm comfortable giving up a first round. If there's a first rounder and a, and a, and a kicker in there somewhere and the, in day three, like high day three, like fourth round or something like that, I, I'm fine. I think that Me too. We, we, we overvalue draft picks. So much, and be, and it happens every single year where this is like this weird turn and twist. Look, we 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 bitch about this every single year. There's no playmakers. There's not this. There's not that. I even heard a couple of takes today where it's just like, you know, if the Eagles just stand pat and and just draft really well, when has that ever happened? When has that ever <laughs> happened? Like, you know, we're 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 basing things on like what a good team would do, right? If if we were all New England Patriots fans, we would be saying that. And well, no, actually, we'd be saying, "Yo, what are you doing? Kick thirty-two. We need a wide receiver for time so you can go win the Super Bowl again next year." But that's a whole different story. If if we were rooting for a team whose front office was really good and had a proven track record, and I get it, we're all excited about Joe Douglas, and so am I. Like, I want to see where his fingerprints go. I don't know how how much final real real final say he does. I know that they're kind of promoting this thing out. I need to see that first. 
So until I see that, I'm gonna I'm gonna feel this way. And again, there are six other rounds in this draft. <laughs> There's six other rounds with a really deep corner class, and you saw it even today. Today, which we're going to get into, that's why Jack's here. Ben Natan's going to join us in a little bit as well, and we're going to go over that combine. But when when I see you know uh, Tease Tabor running a four six seven, I have a heart attack, and I'm going, oh my god. Well, may. Maybe maybe there's not going to be a ton of corners that are going to be right there at 15. Maybe Sidney Jones goes a lot earlier. So we don't know what's going to happen. And I know it's only 14 and 10's right there, and we're all expecting, well, there's going to be at least one playmaker that <laughs> ends up down there. And we say that a lot, and then it never happens. Even if 15, 20, 25, we've said that a lot, and it, and it's just not – it's just quite not – good enough there. I want the proven playmaker, James. That's all I've ever wanted. Just and, and and people are trying to figure out a way to make sure that he's not as good and he's not as worth worth that pick. I know we've been talking about it all week, but that's all I want, James. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm 100% with you. It's like a first round pick. I mean, we always joke about it with the Cowboys and all that, but it's like, it's like the number one thing in the history of the planet. And then the whole argument that, well, the first round pick, you can't give it up because the draft is in Philly. What? That's the dumbest <laughs> argument but, I've ever heard. But like, wouldn't, look, wouldn't Jeffrey Lurie think that? Wouldn't Jeffrey Lurie think yeah. that just a little bit? Uh, what'd you say? I said, wouldn't Jeffrey Lurie think, think about that a little bit, though? That narrative? Yeah, I'm sure he would, but I hate it. <laughs> I would think about that. <laughs> I look. Do I want them to have a draft with the draft in Philly? Of course I do. It does it like mean a little more because it's here. Sure. Does it mean I wouldn't trade it to get a player who makes my team better and is worth more than that pick? No. I would absolutely trade it for Brandon Cooks right now. The odds that whoever you get at 14, I know, will be controlled for longer, is anything close to Cooks. It are are slim. What's it? Twenty percent, maybe something like that. Like best case, I just think that you take the guy who you know comes in and is an instant difference maker for this team and is twenty three years old. Yeah. And you know, like I, I just, I'm with you. Like I just, it bugs me. Like it, all of a sudden, the first round pick is the most valuable thing in the history of the planet. I, I just. And no, 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 like, James. The we're second like round lepers. Pick. The second we're round like pick. We're like lepers for this. Like, <laughs> I know. It's like you, you say this and people are like, you fucking moron. I don't know anything about football. It's like, yeah. like, what? Yeah, I know everything about football. And I'm going to take the guy. Uh, I'm going to take Dalvin Cook because he had such a spectacular bowl game and then tested so poorly <laughs> in the freaking combine and it made me have a, another heart attack. That's what I'm saying. Like, Eesh. God almighty. Yeah. And then you don't know what Corey Davis is going to be either. Like, you need. Sorry, guys. Like, I know that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna very much argue with this with Ben and with, with Jack here. The combine absolutely matters. Those are check marks to make sure. Okay, what I saw on tape is actually real. And when you start seeing things that don't match up with their tape, that's when you start having heart attacks. And maybe some of these guys are tanking to get into a certain spot or team or whatever. I get that. I, it happens, but not all of them are doing that. Okay, everyone's working their ass off to go and and make their draft stock a little higher. Please, God, John, get on total, the Brandon Cook straight. Real quick, let me piggyback on this because you are a million percent on on this. Like, I, I'm a big believer in, you know, what they do on the field really matters. And, yes, and I don't like the concept does. of not taking that into account. But the combine matters too. Like Richie, John Richie was talking about in the midday show, just basically talking about certain drills where you can watch guys and literally check them off. Be like, nope, that guy doesn't have it. Nope, <laughs> that guy doesn't. Yeah. Just just by the way their hips move, just by their ability. He's like four seven speed. He's like he's like a four seven speed at the combine with the electronic thing. He's like he's like that's not good enough yes. to be a receiver in the NFL. He's like it's just not. It is empirical. The data is there. Like, you're just not fast enough. Yes. You can't separate. And because, and honestly, they did this today, too, which I thought was very interesting. They took uh, Lattimore, and they and they ghosted him with John Ross. And even though Lattimore run a 4-3, whatever it was, and Ross runs his 4-2-2, the gap when they slowed that down on the end was this. <laughs> it, was, it, was, yeah. it was, you know, about three feet, four feet, whatever it was. Of separation that were there, and that definitely matters. That's a burnt. You're burnt in it the matters, NFL in that case. It matters, it a lot. matters a so much. It's, yeah, a, it's touchdown. a touchdown. It's the difference between a touchdown and catching a guy. That's that's you're exactly, exactly. right. So uh, with that being said, which brings us to the, I think the thing that everybody was arguing about today is is again one trying to find out how productive Jordan Matthews really is. And what is he really worth? And would you trade him for that BLG? And I think I'm I'm more or less with you and James. I'm pretty sure that we all kind of feel this way. I'm open to I'm, let me just set this record straight too. 
I'm open to trading anybody on this football team except for Carson Wentz. Anybody. You want you want Malcolm Jenkins, you want McLeod, you want whoever, uh, trade them. I, I, I it is at that point for me. If you have if it is the right if it's the right price, I'll I would listen to absolutely everything. Uh, and, totally and, and especially with Jordan Matthews and, and people have been arguing this point all day, but uh, if that third round pick comes, I, I'm in, I'm in, I, I don't think you just trade him to trade him. And I think you, that's more or less like you're going to have to wait and see what you snag in free agency. Cause you can't really give yourself that much of a hole. Uh, and I love Jordan. I think he works hard. I just think it's, he does not still have even the basics at times on the field, and I'm not just talking about drops. I'm talking about, you know, w- w- where the sideline is, where w- where you're toe tapping. And I understand he he would be more effective to not be the number one guy, but you also have to take in the numbers into account when you're saying those things. A lot of that came in garbage time most of the year, uh, and I'm I, BLG. I'm tired of the uh, well. Allen Robinson had the same kind of numbers. It's just like man, your your eyes are, are telling us uh, two different things here. But uh, Did people really say that uh, I was arguing with Porter about that today, which, which oh, I thought was funny. Oh, my God. But, uh, Are you oh, fucking oh. serious? I mean, Allen Robinson <laughs> is 10 times the receiver Jordan. Matt. Oh, come on. Yeah, exactly. Well, here, here's where people go wrong with the Jordan Matthews thing. Right. I think everyone looks at Jordan Matthews and they're like, that's the Eagles best receiver. And he is. Let's let's be clear. He is. True. And they're like. How can they get rid of that guy? Well, like, look, people, it's not that simple. It's not like it's not like the Eagles don't like the Eagles know he's their best receiver. They know this. They are aware of that. The problem is Jordan Matthews is going to be a free agent after this season. And when you look back to last offseason and how it was such a priority for the Eagles to sign Zach Ertz and to sign Malcolm Jenkins and to sign Vinnie Curry and mm-hmm. to sign all those deals and Brent Selk. And now some of those deals, you know, obviously didn't work out probably like the Eagles expected, but still there was a vision there of them being core guys. And for the Eagles to not really uh, do that with Matthew, Matthews this offseason, I think tells you something. And the fact that, you know, he's not necessarily a chip, or sorry, he's not, he, he is a chip <laughs> Kelly guy. He is guy. a chip he's Kelly guy, yeah. A Howie Roseman guy. I know Howie was the DM when he was drafted, but still, uh, that's something to consider. And and look, I like Jordan Matthews. I think he's fine overall. I don't think he's, you know, he's not great, obviously. And I don't, but I don't think he's, he's as bad as some of the people who don't like him think uh he's like that bad i just think when you look at jordan matthews and a lot of people cite his stats i think they're just you can't do that alone because those are those stats are very inflated to me he played in chip kelly's offense everyone has high numbers in that offense because chip kelly runs so many plays so he's always going to have counting stats that are better than you know what they would seem it's also that's that's like in the nba when you have a you know michael carter williams when he was really putting up big numbers as a rookie he was putting up big numbers on a really bad team the other thing with jordan matthews is you know we've seen a lot of that production come in garbage time and that you know uh, i think I, i'm sorry joe uh this is joe Giglio here. Oh, okay. i had to throw you under right. the bus here but but he he kind of what he did today and i love joe so you know this is nothing against joe i just didn't like this point where he he kind of put uh, Jordan Matthews' stats and Brandon Cook's stats, and he wasn't trying to say Jordan Matthews uh, is or better than Brandon Cook's. He said Cook's is better, but he kind of pointed out how they were kind of similar and the fact that Jordan Matthews had worse quarterback play through all of that. And that's true, but you have to think about it like, look, Jordan Matthews is clearly the only like NFL-caliber receiver on this Eagles team, so he's getting all those targets. Brandon Cooks is getting those numbers, which are comparable, in an offense where he has to share targets with so many other players, and that's part of the reason he wants out. So I think for the Eagles to, to be willing to move on to Jordan Matthews, and again, that's one more, my, my last point about this is that that's key. It's not like the Eagles are shopping Jordan Matthews. That's not what we heard. We heard they're just, they're open. If someone makes an offer uh, to, to get a draft pick, a good, decent draft pick back, yes, take it. If, if someone's giving you a seventh, you're not going to do that deal. That's not what we're saying here. I'm just saying, you know, if there's a good offer there, you have to take it. Yeah, yeah and real quick, just ahead, to Jason. jump in, like, to, we've talked about it a bunch, but just to reiterate, like, Marvin Jones Jr., you look at the numbers he had in Cincinnati, his final year, 65 catches, 816. I mean, Matthews has had a better, he had 73 and 804 last year. He had, uh, you know, better season than that before that. If you just go off the numbers, which a lot of teams like, this is a factor. That's how contracts are made based on numbers. 85 for 997 the year before. Marvin Jones got 8 million a year. 
Mohamed Sanu got six and a half million a year off of a 33 catch, 394 yard season and only 56, 790 the year before, like not even close to Matthews. Like just logically, like I understand the whole keep Jordan Matthews crowd. But when you look at the numbers and where the NFL is, this dude is making somewhere between seven, nine, seven and nine million dollars a year, most likely. Like, do you want to pay him that? No, not at all. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I I don't want to do that. And that's another thing that it's just kind of down the road. This also signals, however you feel about the trade, they're not going to keep him. They're, I mean, they're not going to resign him next year. At least that's that's my feeling with this. If you put that out there now, just to, hey, let's kind of see and test this thing. And sure, he could. I, and I don't think there's much ceiling left in Jordan Matthews' game. You know, and that's one of the things that, again, that like – Deion Sanders even said it during the combine today. He's just like, you know, they were talking about cornerbacks and ball skills, and he goes, you know, you either have them or you don't. He's like, you can be on the jugs machine as much as you want, but if you don't have them, you don't have them. And I don't think Jordan Matthews has them, even as a two, you know, even as a three, even as those guys are out there. So not only that, it, and it's if you get better, I, I understand. We're, we're all in agreement that, yes, I think he would be more effective if the focus was taken off of him, but that also means that his numbers are going to drop too. If he's not going to be mm-hmm. featured in this thing, then you're not going to see that type of production. Yeah. You're going to see guys – you're going to see Kenny Britt take over games. You're going to see, you know, whoever's on the right side of him take over games. He's a guy that's in the slot, and honestly, there's only one – Real historical outlier with slot guys being great. And that's Anquan Bolden. And that's pretty much it. You know, there's not a lot of wide receivers that mainly are slot guys that are going to be game changers. And if yeah, he's not a game they're like the Wes Welker ish guy. Well, yeah, that's well, yeah, that's a that's another example. That's what you're exactly right. Uh, I'm just yeah, I meant based based on his size and things like that. Like there's yeah, only no, there's no, only no, so many why. things you can totally. do. Uh, the other the other other thing that I'll throw out there before uh, we we transition, we get Ben and we get Jack in here. I saw Elliot Shore Parks tweet this out, and and listen, I know that Elliot thinks of a lot of different things, and I uh, I still love him to death. There's no way that he thought that uh, he goes, one player that I absolutely target if the Eagle, if I were the Eagles is Arizona Cardinals cornerback uh, Marcus Cooper. The guy <laughs> everyone's talking about. Yeah, yeah. So I, I take that as Why? the Eagles are going to get Marcus Cooper because I don't think that Elliot just kind of looks through and thinks about, hmm, who exactly, who's been <laughs> traded in the past couple of years up on country? So I, I look at that as they're going to go and take Marcus Cooper which is, I don't, I mean, like, again, I don't know how you judge this guy. He led the Cardinals with, with interceptions this year. That's great. He's had kind of a weird career. Uh, I forget where he was drafted, but he was drafted in the seventh round. Then uh, he was cut, and he went to the Chiefs. He had a good rookie year. Then basically d- disappeared for almost two years, ended up on the Cardinals roster, and showed some things. Sure, I, I think I think those cheaper routes for, for corners are probably going to happen uh, throughout this process as well, but... Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm, it's me. So I, I, I really do think that you kind of need to find an anchor here. Uh, I, I don't think that should be your first move, but I, I can almost bet that that's probably going to be uh, there to uh, swoop in with. Gentlemen, any uh, any final thoughts regarding free agency before we switch over here? James, I'll start with you. Yeah, let's fucking tamper, baby. How we go tamper <laughs> the shit out of this, man. Get in there, you know, make it happen, and uh. Look, uh, honestly, uh, look, I don't need them to, to come in guns blaze and I don't need them to make the biggest splash in the world. Would I be ecstatic if Terrell Pryor's an Eagle come Thursday? Yes, I would. Mm-hmm. But uh, honestly, just just give my guy some competent NFL quality wide receivers <laughs> and I'm good. Yes, please. And thank you. BLG, any, uh, any final thoughts here, bud? Yeah, I think I'll just be so excited if that's, the, if, if that's all they accomplished, if they just get like, actual NFL wide receivers, guys that you can just look forward to next yep. season and be like, oh my gosh, this guy, he might only have like a, a career high of like 600 yards or whatever, but like you just you just know he's already so much better than Aguilar or DGB. <laughs> but it's just like, that's awesome. Yeah. It's like, that's going to be great. We're going to have actual <laughs> NFL wide receivers who belong on the field. That's amazing. It's going to be, uh, yeah, it is going to be fantastic. Uh, even more fantastic, the folks over at Clip It, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, throughout this draft process, and again, guys, if you are out there and you don't have this thing yet, I don't know what you're doing. It is the hottest app that is out there. 
Clip it. It's for, uh, you know, it's on your iPhone. It's for your Android. It is live television in the palm of your hand. And especially during draft night, especially during the last few days of the combine where you got these big hosses that are rolling around and you want to display some awesome 40-time power or somebody does, uh, you know, the shuttles really well. I don't know why you're watching the shuttles. I don't even know if they broadcast <laughs> that. But if they do, Clip It's got you covered because you can get live coverage right up to uh, right up to the minute and then go all the way back to two hours. So if you see our friend Josh Norris tweeting out that, like, you have to rub your eyes and be like, oh, my God, Miles Garrett had what? type of vertical today this kid is a freak you can go back and look at that yourself and it's and again it's a great way to sneak in shows if you don't have cable <coughs> like myself uh it, you can you can you know watch things 30 seconds at a time sometimes you need that big 10 network to come through or you're missing a a big debate on cnn which nobody watches anymore but <laughs> it is there and it's your favorite t shows i know uh, matt daring watches the bachelor so funny things happen uh, all over the place, and you can capture them. Clipit.tv or at Clipit.tv. And uh, just like we were saying, it's uh, time. This is this is why we, we love this time of the year, because the, the Combine is also just right up against free agency. So the, the rumors and, and the, uh, the men, men running in shorts, which is obviously our favorite things to do around here. And uh, when men are running in shorts, we turn to the man with the plan, it is Ben Natan, and of course, uh, the I Hate Ben Natan t-shirts, as uh, as we like to pump up here, and we are just talking about, in our T Public store, tpublic.com slash user slash BGN radio, or if that's too hard, you can just go to the bgnradio.com, click on the store, and that has our entire line. Ben Natan, what's happening, buddy? Uh, it's going well. I'm, I'm doing well. I just want to let everyone know that that I Hate Ben Natan shirt has sold out with the Ben Natan uh, ex-girlfriends so you should get one too <laughs> nice what's it uh what all all 25 of them because you go uh, this man goes through girlfriends I, not, every other week guaranteed yeah well they heard it was for charity and that's 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 why they bought it so <laughs> that's right that's right so uh that, what to the aclu is that where some, some yes, of that money goes 50 percent of the proceeds are going to be going to the aclu Excellent. so buy yourself a shirt Excellent. And show off how much you feel strong. <laughs> Hate about Ben me. and love America, right? All at the exactly. same time. Exactly. Uh, and of course, we welcome in. I don't think we've had him on since the post game show of the Falcons, <laughs> or even even maybe in further past. But see, we we had we had him here, and then uh, of course the season ended, and then there wasn't there wasn't enough stuff to do. But things are ramping up. We're happy that he's here. It's Mr. Jack Fritz, ladies and gentlemen. How's it going, John? Ben, uh, nice to meet you through the airwaves. See? Haven't met in person. Oh, yeah. Met on Twitter today. Uh, <laughs> I, got a, I got a big quote tweet from Ben and immediately validated my draft Twitter. So there you go. Yeah. yeah, and now your brand's on fire. So, well, yeah, what are, you, are you finally up to 1,000 followers on Twitter yet? No, I'm still sitting around 800. Um, but right, we'll, give you we'll yell it out. yell it out at uh, what at Jack Fritz thirty four is that at what it is? Jack underscore Fritz thirty four after is. Roy Halliday of course uh, you'll you'll notice that trend a lot and when uh, we accept that here very much what I will not accept Ben Natan is that Tease Tabor ran a fucking nine point zero eight seven six forty time today what the hell happened to that kid what is it what my God no four six three is is really what he ran. But uh, 463 and 467, is that right, Ben? H- how how do you kind of judge that when you're like, okay, man, I know Richard Sherman ran a ran a 4-6. We get all that. That's part of the reason why he went in the fifth round and blah, blah, blah. Is there uh, – is that – because that really does not check with his tape. So what, what do we have to go back and look for in situations like this? This is always like a weird situation when you have these guys who look really athletic on tape and – and then just come out and, and and do absolutely nothing at the combine. And like he wasn't just like kind of slow. Like his combine was atrocious. Uh, I mean, I'm you, you have a guy who his vertical jump was fourth percentile, his forty yard dash was eighteenth percentile, and his broad jump was forty fourth percentile for his position. I mean, those are just abysmal, abysmal numbers. And it makes you want to go back and watch the tape again. And you know, I, I was looking at it a little bit today, and it's. He does have instances when he gets beat deep, and I thought that was more of a discipline thing. But now it's, you, it probably lends itself to an athletic limitation that maybe I didn't think was there before because he's so good coming downhill. Um, but in the end, it's like one of those things where you don't want to count it twice. You don't want to get too worried about a guy's um, tested athleticism if they do look really athletic on tape. 
you know, if they're really standing out and have great bursts and have great jumps on tape and they're making these leaps and they're, you know, coming, you know, they're following these guys downfield, then it's not a huge concern. Um, then you wonder like, what was their training? Like yada, yada, yada. Like if they were really prepared for the combine, then you get, it's always kind of like these guys who don't have great combines, but look good on tape also always have these off field concerns. And mm-hmm. like T's tape does have these off field concerns so I don't want to assign anything to him, but there could have been like a preparation issue. But I mean, that's that's obviously an unknown. Um, does it disqualify me from drafting him? Absolutely not. Yeah, sure. It probably knocks him out of the first round for a lot of teams. Um, but that just becomes like immediately a great value on day two of the draft. Because, I mean, if you're just going on film alone, he's one of the three best cornerbacks in this draft. Uh, but then you, when you factor in athleticism, it's going to knock him down for a lot of teams. So if you were able to get him in the second or third round, that's a huge steal. What I noticed, though, too, is just – and maybe this is – I only went back and, and quick glanced through a, a couple of more times here, but maybe it was that I, I didn't really see Tabor take on any, any of their number one wide receivers when I went back and looked at the tape because I'm like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe that is kind of a good thing. Maybe it is kind of a little bit of scheme. I think that's still important in an evaluation process – to know exactly what they were kind of uh, playing in here, but Jack, I know you weren't. You're not a really big fan of Tabor or uh, or Wilson. You're not. A, you're kind of so so on on both Florida corners at this point, right? I've had a problem with T's Tabor since high school because for three years he told the Maryland coaches that he was going to be a Turk, <laughs> and then last second he pulled the classic swindled them, and the classic T's move. That's why he's a T's. <laughs> but no, just watching him today, honestly, it, it gave me like so many flashbacks of Jalen Mills. Because of you know Jalen Mills ran a four six one last year, and you could see you could see how slow he was out there. It wasn't, but when I watched him on tape, he looked quick. So it was, it was weird. Um, I, I like Quincy Wilson, and I think me and Ben have kind of similar feelings in that he isn't very like competitive in the run game, and is kind of seems, exactly yep. he's afraid to tackle. Not afraid to tackle, but um, definitely a little concerned. Business there. decisions, maybe. Yeah, yeah. probably. He makes, he makes several business decisions yes, a game, does, and it's a, it's a pain in the ass to watch. Because it's like, dude, you weigh six two. You're six two, and you weigh two hundred and eighteen pounds, and you take on the run like I would if I was out there. <laughs> like it's it's gross, and and like like I don't like tackling is obviously a secondary thing for cornerbacks if they can cover really well. But he is literally so bad that it is it's hard not to worry about him being a liability in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in, in that regard, I mean, he's he's an athlete. He's a good cover guy, but. The tackling, the lack of physicality in general is frustrating. Yeah, and when I look at corners and I try to like you know kind of evaluate them to the next level, I love competitiveness, and I think that has something to do with it. With Wilson, is that I think if you were more competitive, you would go and make that hard tackle. And I'm worried he kind of has some mocha for in him. Oh yeah, they are kind of. I mean, ooh, that's that's that uh, that's not out of line there. Yeah, I think that, I oh, think it has some cross sport. <laughs> We've been kind of doing that. doing it all night too, which which is which is really great here. Um, yeah, it's weird. So I've always, I've always felt weird things about both Florida corners. And although again, you know, Wilson tested really well, for some reason, I still feel more comfortable with Tabor there. And I think both of those guys, I I, I don't know. It's kind of weird because I think we've just been used to saying their names for so long. And trust me, that happens a lot in free agency. That happens a lot uh, during this draft process. I don't think I'd take either one of them in the first round. I really don't. And here's why. Let's let's light it up, Ben, because I know that this is going to cause some controversy here. But uh, Adoree Jackson had a fucking phenomenal combine today. And and guys, I'm going to tell you, I know what Ben's saying. I don't check it twice. Whatever, that matters. <laughs> what what we saw on tape with him, and yes, it is the same kind of things there. We're 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 what we were just talking about. There are t- or no, we weren't talking about that. Jack and I were talking about uh Humphrey off the air, which we'll get into as well. But still, like I understand everyone's complaint about like, ah man, he just the technique isn't really there. He's got a you know five uh, you know for, uh, the first round athleticism and seventh round, you know, technique. And it's I, I keep I keep having to, you know, get into these arguments here, Ben, where I understand wide receivers and, and corners are kind of very much cut in the same way. If a guy has ball skills and he can run fast and he's a playmaker, I'll take the chance that my coaches can teach him the proper technique and make him even better. That's what I'm betting on most of the time. And I think Dory Jackson really took or took place for those two Florida corners for me. And I'm saying that he kind of goes late first round, early second round. After this combine, what's your thoughts on the door? Because I know you've been a big fan for a long time. 
Yeah, I, he should go high as I mean, he's always should have gone high because not only is he a really good athlete and not only does he have great ball skills, but he also got better every single year in college. And that's something that I think has been underrated during the draft process as an evaluation tool. How have they progressed over the course of their college career? And I'm just going to do a little bit of a throwback. You know, last year, Dak Prescott, you know, he went in the fourth round or fifth round and he came into the NFL and he blew it up. And I think a big thing that people discounted with him during the draft evaluation process is he did get better every single year. And the guys who are getting better or they're more productive or something like that, um, they have a, the better chance of continuing that progression in the NFL with Adoree Jackson. And he came to USC as being this super raw athlete. And he was just kind of being really fast and running with guys out there for the first two years. And he didn't really know what he was doing as a cornerback. And then this year, he would just... I mean, yeah, he still had his issues. He would get over aggressive and he would misplay balls because he was looking for an interception or a big play. And that would, you know, that would give up an even bigger play. Um, you saw during the Washington game, he'll bite on fakes because he's looking for that interception. But like that same mentality that that gives up big plays is also what creates big plays for your defense. Um, and that type of dynamic in your bat, your defensive backfield is important if you can temper that, which he should be able to do since he was able to do that over the course of his three years at USC. And then you get Asante Samuel. And I think it was Mike Mayock or Bucky Brooks who compared him to Asante Samuel on, uh, yeah, it was. on NFL Network this, mm-hmm. this, this today. And I, you know, I compared him to Asante Samuel a couple weeks ago. Obviously they read that article and they're like, wow, Ben is really <laughs> smart. Um, and I think I think we take Asante Samuel back on this defense, you know, from a dynamic standpoint. And it's like that's the type of guy you want on your team. I mean, like Quincy Wilson is fine. Um, and, Quincy you know, Wilson, like, Quincy. If he, that's what I'm saying. If you end up and you're like, "Ooh, I'm not sure about Adoree Jackson's ceiling, but I'm going to take Quincy Wilson. I'm going to punch you in the face." You know, that's right. just like that's such a safe bet that you're kind of just sitting there and be like, "Well, he's an okay corner, and yeah, he won't tackle enough, but at least he's, you know, he he will keep the guy from getting behind him." It's such a safe bet when you kind of do those things, and I, I, and I'm with you. And I just want to t- touch on because people go all, to that Washington tape all the time because that's where famously John Ross broke his ankles. Like he just made him look like an asshole, and I get it. And that, but that means John Ross is a stud at the same time too. Like we've talked about him for months, months about his ability to win so early, to make you look stupid, and then to win late with his speed. So I get it. It was one play, but if you watch the rest of that entire game, Washington only scores 13 points. That's it. And there's only, I think, two catches after that big play that he allows on his side, and they don't go to him again on that entire side. So I'm with you. There are some times where guys like that are going to burn you and be like, oops, I uh, tried to go and cut off the route or whatever. But also in that game, he baits the quarterback twice to make it throw his way for two interceptions, one being the game-winning the game winning interception. So, like, you can't just look at things in in small, like, the you know, little, little I can't say Vine clips anymore, but just like, you know. Clip, uh, it, clip it TV. It, 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 clip there we it, go. Well, if you, were, if you were fast enough, that's right, if you were fast enough to do that. And that's why I go to you, Jack, because when I go, when I look at Dory Jackson and then I have people telling me that, that Marlon Humphrey is the is the next you know corner after Sidney Jones and Lattimore and all this stuff. I, I, I what are you talking about? You know, like I would much rather have an Adore Jackson on my football team. Yeah, I never understand the, the oh, I never understand the Marlon Humphrey hype, and it, it goes back to my own personal bias towards Marlon Humphreys because <laughs> you know I'm kind of not new to this. Like I've, I've studied the draft for a while, but I wanted to not be a dumbass if I ever talked about it. Sure. So I wanted to make sure I had a, a, a semblance of what these prospects were. So the first time I ever read anything about Marlon Humphreys, it was like, yeah, he's got all the physical traits, but he gets beat over the top a lot. And I was like, well, that sounds a lot like the Eagles cornerbacks of the last couple of years, <laughs> and he looks like D. Milner. And because of the same, you know, the same. Sure, know, yeah, the, the same school, same logo, yeah, helmet, all exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not even remotely interested in Marlon Humphreys. He kind of ter- terrifies me from, you know, old age or from old Eagles. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. well, he could be old too. Who knows? He could be lying on his birth certificate and be 28. Uh, who knows? We all could do that. Yeah, exactly. I watched Thon Maker tonight. So. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he might be 30 as well. That's right. Uh, yeah, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure that you're going to agree with that as well, Ben. I mean, like, you, you can't look at both those guys, including their combines, and go, yeah. Yeah, Marlon Humphreys is the is the number three guy here. Well, I will say this about Marlon Humphreys. He will hit you, and that's important if you're going to compare him to like Quincy Wilson. 
is I mean we're talking we're talking a guy and I I I get it why people like him I don't love him that much you know he's six foot almost two hundred pounds really rock solid ran a four four you know NFL bloodlines everything like that and he'll hit you in the mouth I mean th- this is a dude who will come downhill and he'll hit you he has issue yeah discipline technique issues um, coverage has issues getting beat deep so that that's that's where I come into that's where I come in and say okay that's where I want a Dory Jackson be a Dory Jackson. He has the ball skills. He takes the ball away, and he's physical. I mean, he's not as big and rocked up as uh, as Marlon Humphrey, but he's a physical guy. And when we're talking about football players in general, you know, if you had to talk to Jim Schwartz about football players and the guys he wants on his team, he's probably going to tell you something like he wants guys on his on his defense that you would want next to you in a bar fight, um, yes. and. And when I look at like a guy like Quincy Wilson, who doesn't want to tackle a soul, and then you put him up next to T's table or Marlon Humphrey or an Adoree Jackson or a lot of these other corners who who will come downhill and hit running backs and have no issue with that. I mean, th- that's a big going to be a big separation thing. Like he wants a mentality with his cornerbacks, and that's why I love Adoree Jackson too because he's such a confident corner. Um, so yeah, I mean. Adoree Jackson's, in my opinion, is is one of the best, you know, top five cornerbacks in this class. Yeah, and I'm I'm trying to I'm really trying to dredge up a a, a Jim Schwartz impression because <laughs> I I always like he always says that in the same exact way too. It's just like why oh, I, I like guys and come on. No, I'm just making him sound like Billy Bob Thornton from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's the same way. I like guys who go out there and compete and snarl and and all that stuff. So that yeah, that's uh. I think that's right in that in that wheelhouse. I know that there's look, we don't have a, a ton of time here, even though it's a podcast and we could go as long as we want to, but we don't want you to fall asleep and get uh, bored either. What I want to have, I just want to have a small debate because there was there was a lot of uh, pass rushers that again turned in some really good times, turned in some really good workouts, really matched up with their tape, and I would even say that the you know this this pass rusher uh, uh, excuse me class is is pretty much just as deep or. Maybe even a little deeper than this, this corner class, at least in top half talent and, and a lot that's going to happen there. But, Jack, are you kind of – obviously, this depends on what happens on, on Thursday and the, the next couple of days here. But I'm, I'm starting to lean towards pass rusher than I am corner here. You know, I, I'm really starting to get jacked up because of the guys that are in the top – uh, the top level here, your Carl Lawson's, your I don't know. We got to talk about Tim Williams at some point because that was really weird. Um, I, I don't know what Jonathan Allen is, but there seems to be that there are going to be some decent guys right around where the Eagles are picking here. That's kind of been my dark horse pick, pick for a while. You kind of on board with that, or would you rather them still focus on the secondary here? I'm with you in a sense, um, but I think no matter what your pass rush is, even though you know the Eagles' pass rush wasn't great last year, I think you still need corners to make sure this this defense reaches its potential. Um, I don't hate I don't hate a, a, a pass rusher first, and I mean I I like Charles Harris from what I saw from him today a yeah, little he's, bit. It was a really good, really good day for him. And, and I think really I mean you can make a case for a bunch of these guys at 14, um, but I definitely don't hate um, a, a defensive end there. And I really, I would take a defensive end over Quincy Wilson, uh, 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 Tabor. The only, the only one I would, I would question would be Sidney Jones. I, I, if Sidney yeah. Jones at 14, I would probably take him there. And if he wasn't there, I would probably, I would have no problem taking pass rushers. Would you feel comfortable, Ben, uh, with taking a guy like Carl Lawson over Sidney Jones, or is that going to give you the skivvies for this Eagles team? The only reason I would... T- I would take Sidney Jones over Carl Lawson if that were the choice. Is I think Sidney Jones is a better cornerback than Carl Lawson is a pass rushing prospect, and, and I also agree. I think Sidney Jones will start, and whereas Carl Lawson isn't going to be your every down pass rusher, at least not immediately, because um, he's going to compete with uh, with Vinnie Curry on the edge, and you know God knows who Connor Barwin is going to be here. Uh, and with this, I mean, the thing is, a lot of these guys kind of disappointed. I mean, I, in terms of testing, like a lot of the top guys, like Tim Williams. I mean, uh, Carl Lawson had a very good combine, but there's some stuff about his, you know, three cone that makes people a little bit nervous and everything like that. And I get that. Um, and in my opinion, I think in terms of athletic translation, I think front seven is probably the most, you know, most indicative. Like a good combine is indicative of their chances of NFL success. So if, but if it's like 
somehow Solomon Thomas falls to fourteen, uh, uh, then you mm-hmm. you sprint to the you sprint to the podium <laughs> and you take him, and then you you put Vinnie Curry in a corner somewhere and you start you Solomon Thomas and Brandon Graham on the edge. He's so interesting to me because that I mean obviously I think I needed that to to make sure and be like okay that is that is really what I'm seeing there. I, I, he's another one of those guys where it is athleticism over technique to me. Um, and not not to take anything away from that, I'm just still not sure. I don't know if he can play four three. I really don't know. That's that's my only worry about that is just like really being able to set the edge, really being pretty good against the run. But at, at the same time, I guess I guess it really doesn't matter in a wide nine, right? <laughs> you know, because he's he's gonna. I, I think. I, it, am I overthinking that too much? If I'm if I'm saying that, I'm a, I'm still a little concerned about that, Ben. I I think that he is a. a re- ridiculous athlete at yeah. the defensive end position. He's basically a car bomb of a human being. And you're pairing him with one of the better defensive line coaches in the league right now to help him deal with that technique. I mean, and the technique is an issue. I'll give you that. I mean, he very much just wants to win with his athleticism. Mm-hmm. But when you look across uh, the history of these guys coming out of college, the guys who are becoming top level NFL pass rushers are the guys who were these elite athletes in college. Um, I think the best example of, of like how this works is like a guy like Daniel Hunter um, when he was at LSU. I thought he was terrible in terms of technique. I was like, what is this guy doing? And his production was absolutely garbage. He blows up the combine. He runs five, you know, he runs four five two at like two hundred and seventy pounds nearly. <laughs> um, and he's a, you know he's a super young prospect as well. You know, Vikings draft him in the third or second or third round. I'm like, oh, these idiots overdrafted Daniel Hunter. And I think he's the most productive pass rusher in NFL history um, at his age of 22. Like, no no defensive end has accumulated as many sacks as he has. So I screwed up. And I screwed up on that one. And a lot of people screwed up on that one from an evaluation standpoint. And it's just like athleticism matters. And, and when you're talking about Solomon Thomas, you're getting a really, really explosive guy. He has to some technique issues. But he's also a 20-year-old prospect. So there's yeah. so much room for him to grow mentally and also physically, and that's exciting. Now, I honestly don't think he's going to make it to 14. I think that a, a smart team is going to scoop him up somewhere well, in the top unless, 10. Well, unless, unless, um, this is this is our plan, Ben. See, Jack and I are going to find that guy, right? And then, because there's a pretty good chance we're going to be near or around the draft, and Jack's going to bring a bunch of quaaludes and a gas mask. And we're just going to recreate the same like Tunsil video and just and just kind of go that route. Do you think that will work? Because that's what we're planning on doing. Um, you might get thrown in prison. <laughs> it's worth it. it. It is worth it. It could be worth it. It could be worth it. <laughs> yeah, you're on, you're on board with that, Jack. Still, right? Super Bowl or bust. So, I mean, it, yeah, if it, if it takes me going to jail for a Super Bowl. I mean, come on, you I'll, know, I'll do it. And it doesn't have to be this year because he could be the piece, you know. Two three years down the road, that he finally gets there. He's he's you know twenty three years old and carrying that MVP trophy. Uh, ben Natan, uh, we appreciate the time, bud. Any uh, final thoughts uh, draft wise? We'll obviously break a lot more down. And I, I got to say this first before we go: Teron Davenport is a is a madman. Oh my God, is he working his butt off this entire offseason? We were supposed to record last night. I had some a, a thing pop up when where we could not do that. And he still got home from Indy at like two o'clock in the morning and was there just, you know, handing me notes and, and going on what he saw. We will get Ben and Teron back in the same room at some point after free agency kind of settles down, revisit some of this stuff because we desperately want to get into DBs and corners from this and, and how the, those eyes kind of perked up. But uh, Ben, any, uh, any, any final thoughts on, uh, on anything leading up to free agency and the combine that is still happening right now? Yeah, I think this combine really proves the depth of this cornerback and defensive line class um, and linebackers. And this is a very, very, I mean, it's a very good draft overall, but I think it's especially strong on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm hoping that the Eagles will see that and kind of know that they should be putting their money maybe towards offense in free agency and then just go bananas getting defensive guys during this draft process. Yeah, I, I don't uh, I don't disagree at all. Mr. Jack Fritz, any final thoughts regarding free agency or draft or anything that you are looking forward to uh, this upcoming week here? I really don't want them to overpay for, for average players. I, I just <laughs> I, I've been so burned with the, with the Dream Team and, and Dream Team 2.0. It's just like I want you to sign 
mid-level guys that you think have upside. Don't overpay for older people, and I don't think they will. I think they, I think they have a good idea heading into free agency, uh, and I just hope that they that they have a good a good idea of what they're doing heading into free agency. Yeah, I think that that yeah. I, see, I, I'm I don't know about you, Ben, but I think that they are really not going to spend because I mean, like how he had has if anything has had to learn his lesson at this point, right? We're going to talk all all week about how they're not going to spend any money, and then we're going to wake up one morning, and it's going to be a $15 million a year contract for Deshaun Jackson. So get ready. <laughs> get your horses ready. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's. Yeah, I hope that man. I hope that doesn't really become true. I don't. I don't think it is. Uh, I just have to say we will be back here. Uh, and again, thank you to the folks that watched us on Facebook Live earlier tonight. Uh, and if you are listening to the uh, the podcast here. Uh, Jack Fritz, myself, and James Seltzer will be live at 6 p.m. Eastern on the Bleeding Green Nation Facebook page, uh, just kind of unraveling all of the uh, all of the free agent stuff that is that has been happening here. Uh, once again, thank you to all of our Patreon producers, and we will definitely call you out uh, individually on the next podcast because. You guys are doing a fantastic job. And, of course, if you are a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash BGN Radio, there's going to be a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff of this episode. Plus, uh, you get to see Jack Fritz uh, pull his pants down, which is and eat a Twinkie all at the same time. So you can't uh, miss out on hot content like that. That's going to do it for episode number 227 of BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com. <laughs>